0: You're about to listen to a special preview edition of the Grant Williams podcast featuring my co-host of the super terrific happy hour, the wonderful Stephanie Pomboy. This week, Steph and I find ourselves up to our necks in F-bombs as we search through the investment landscape looking for a little sanity in an increasingly insane world. Fundamentals, flations, the Fed, froth, and flawlessness all come under the microscope as Steph highlights some rather inconvenient data points which conflict mightily with the generally accepted market narrative fostered by a series of new all-time highs. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including The Endgame, The Super Terrific Happy Hour, and The Narrative Game, is available to Copper and Silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Popper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go. hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, please enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another super-terrific happy hour. Joining me as always to make the hour, all three of those things is the effervescent uh-huh. Stephanie uh,
1: How are you? It's wonderful to be with you again.
0: Yes, likewise, likewise. How you are you up in the mountains now?
1: I am. I'm right at home in Bear Country. So <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good uh, hang in. Have you seen any yet? I haven't yet, um, but I'm sure they're hiding around the tree waiting for me to come up and.
0: They'll all be scared of you. A bear the size of you, they will be terrified. Yeah. You've, you've got nothing to worry about. Well, look, Steph, I mean, as always, there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. And I've, what actually made me think this week was the F word, which was something that you started writing about. And I figured there were all kinds of F words yes. that we could noodle around this week. <laughs> But, but why don't we kick off with the F word that you particularly had in mind because it, it, I, I think it's an important point for people to be aware of and and I suspect a lot of people aren't really thinking – that far ahead, as you tend it.
1: Uh, well, the F word that I've been thinking about hasn't been something anyone's had to think about for a very, very, very long time, much to my chagrin. Um, and that F word, of course, is the, the fundamentals.
0: Fundamentals.
1: Fundamentals. Do they, do they still matter? No, they haven't. But, you know, we'll see. I, I remain optimistic. I am uh, perennially optimistic that the fundamentals will reassert at some point but it does really feel like we're at a point now given the tilt in the Fed's you know body language or however you want to characterize it, that the prospect of just being able to ride an endless liquidity wave that makes the fundamentals irrelevant looks like it's diminishing or you know at least we've got some kind of general time frame on when it may end and that was reinforced yesterday with Powell's uh, comments where he seemed a little bit more nervous, shall we say, about yeah. uh, the headline inflation numbers and how far ahead of the 2% target they had run and a little less confident that it will be transitory. So that opens up the real possibility for a policy mistake, which... I always kick myself for underestimating the probability that the Fed will get it wrong because their track record is flawless in this regard. <laughs> you know?
0: Another F word, yep.
1: Right, exactly. F for flawless Fed floundering. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is turning into an episode of Sesame Street.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But- but, well, let, let's talk about the Fed and some of the language coming out of them, because obviously they have an awful lot pinned on this transitory thing. Right, this idea of that inflation's transitory, and they've been trying to calm down the horses and stop anybody getting too freaked out by the prints that they saw coming and they knew we were going to get. And sure enough, we're getting them now almost monthly, it seems, both CPI and PPI, which I think caught a lot more people by surprise this week, perhaps. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the change in the Fed language? Because you mentioned there that you felt like a bit wobbly, and I sense that too. But how have you seen them change their their attitude and their kind of their jargon over this?
1: Well, it makes you wonder. What, obviously, you have Fed governors on the tape every day with different comments. And I think that the really surprising one was a couple of weeks ago when Bullard, who tends to be incredibly uh, dovish, actually came out and sounded more like he was in the hawkish camp. Um, and that sort of set the tone of people starting to think, well, maybe the Fed is really going to end up having to taper sooner. But, you know, I I guess I wonder listening to the sort of uniformity of the of the commentary from the Fed as to whether they really are crazy enough to be trying to blow a little froth, another F word off of the markets. <laughs> you know, was that sort of an objective because clearly the markets were just going berserk on this idea that we were going to have QE forever, coupled with this endless torrent of fiscal stimulus. I mean, it seems like every day, another F word. Fiscal, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, so, listen
0: so if we keep going through all these F words, we're going to end up with the right one.
1: You know that. <laughs> Well, alphabetically, we'll get there yeah. at some point. But yeah, so it just feels like they clearly have tried to send out a message that They're thinking about thinking about tapering and have been, I guess, monitoring the market's reaction to that. Do you feel like there's a a real shift or do you think this is rhetoric or do you think that people are getting overly excited about what really isn't much of a shift in tone at all?
0: Uh, You know, I think that they're getting a little bit Frightened, to use another effort, <laughs> because there's a lot hanging on this transitory thing, right? There's an awful lot hanging on this. That, that Right now, they've managed to hang the whole ball of wax on this transitory thing. They've been kind of clever in not exactly defining the period of time that, that they decide is transitory, which is, I guess, smart. Some will call it disingenuous. But we, we don't have a time frame for that. But obviously, the longer it goes on and, and expectations start becoming embedded the bigger problem it becomes. And, and when we think about what's happening here and we think about the input costs going up, okay. uh, everyone's kind of using this, this lumber chart saying, oh, well, the, the lumber spikes over, so we don't have to worry about this anymore. But we, you, know, you and I commented on this last time we spoke about the, the number of conference calls where, where companies were talking about having to pass on price increases to consumers. Those kinds of price increases tend to be sticky. They don't tend to take them away again. And so transitory seems to refer to the rate of change of this stuff. But the price hikes that are really going to be necessary in the second half, I think, for, for a lot of these companies, and we're seeing that not just in finished goods, but you know, yesterday, I think, or a couple of days ago, we saw BlackRock give us a pay increase to 18,000 members of staff. We've seen a bunch of, you know, the Walmarts of the world, the Amazons of the world jump, bump up minimum wages. These are sticky, very sticky mm-hmm. increases. So there's kind of two narratives at play. Here. There's the transitory in that we think the increase is going to slow down from 5.4% to 2%, right? Good luck with that happening in any reasonable short time frame. But does that really matter if the kind of pig is halfway through the Python. Prices have gone up. People are struggling even more to be able to pay for their weekly grocery bills. And there is pressure on rates to go up. That's the thing that I'm wrestling with is, does it really matter if the Fed are right about transitory? Can they really point to, oh, we've gone from 5% down to 4% on our way back to 2%? Is that really a victory? And I'm not so sure that it will be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really, the point on the stickiness is so important because, you know, you read these stories about how Kellogg's is now shrinking the boxes yeah. and charging the same price of uh, closet inflation. Um, they're not going to go and start increasing the box size again you know that's just so and and obviously the wage situation is even more important being the number one cost of labor the thing that i wrestle with and you and i go back and forth on the the inflation transitory uh, not transitory debate is the degree to which you talked about embedded expectations and consumers starting to believe that you know They don't know that the Fed thinks it's transitory. All they know is that everything that they're buying has gone up a lot in price. And the question is, what does that result in from the standpoint of their behavior? And I think it's it's really very hard to draw hard and fast conclusions about that now because it's too early, obviously. But you're seeing like today we got this University of Michigan sentiment number and it went down a lot while inflation expectations went up. And within that, there is a question that asks, do you expect your income to outpace inflation over the next five years? And that had its lowest level in, you know, six years, and it hit that level on the way up before. So I'd have to go back and look at when it actually fell down to this level. Um, But that's not indicative of confidence. I think what I wrestle with in terms of this inflation debate is the degree to which people are now seeing that the cost of everything they can't live without is going up and it's going up fast and hard. And they say, holy crap. You know, if I'm going to have to pay that much more for my weekly grocery bill, I better calm down on all this other stuff that I've been spending money. You know, maybe I won't go to Soul Cycle five times a week. Maybe I'll go once or maybe I'll, you know, exercise outside or maybe, you know, when I when I'm getting it is just broadly. That's where and maybe I'm being too cute by half. I agree with Powell on the transitory just because I feel like in the aggregate, it's going to be very hard. For consumers to absorb a generalized increase in prices, but you know the jury's out, and a lot of it will depend too on the fiscal response, because you know we had part of a major crux of the argument for the Fed for this inflation being transitory has been this elimination of the three hundred dollar federal unemployment bonus and that that would free yeah. up the supply of labor and that that would help get everything going again suddenly the supply chain situation would ease up and, and whatnot but you know just this week we get $300 child tax credit checks going yep. out so basically it's a wash you know that $300 unemployment benefit is now a child you know credit so
0: Full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.